Hey guys, thanks for taking the time to listen as we're going through the red letters, talking about Jesus' teachings. I pray that it's going to be challenging to us and that it's going to speak to our hearts. So enjoy it. God bless. So John chapter 15, we were actually in this same passage a couple weeks ago, like three weeks ago when we were back meeting in here. We're going to go over it again. We're going to do the same exact passage, but this time we're going to talk about a different emphasis. We're going to talk about trusting the vine dresser. So when we get into this verse and we're going to read it, these verses, um, we're going to see that there's a couple different parts to it. And today we're going to be talking about trust, trusting in the vine dresser. Um, so if you guys are there, uh, let's, let's just open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time that we can meet together, Lord. Um, this awesome morning that's not too wet, Lord. Um, thank you for this time that we can just have some fun playing a new game and hanging out with each other, Lord. Um, right now, Lord, I pray that we would just receive um, your words, Lord, from your spirit just to guide us to... Um, lead us um, this week to remember to trust in you, Lord, to trust in you, Heavenly Father, um, that we would live by faith and not by sight, um, that we would just rely upon your Spirit to guide us. So God, thank you for this morning. I pray that you would just speak to each one of our hearts this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you weeks ago, maybe when I ask you guys to open to the chapter, I should also do it myself. That'd be good. But a few weeks ago, we uh, set up the image of the vine. You guys remember that? Talking about the vine. We talked about our interconnectedness with Christ through the vine. Apart from the vine, we aren't connected. Um, we explored how abiding in Jesus is a deep, it's an intimate, um, it's an interwoven connection with Jesus that's not easily broken. More than, more than a battery, remember we used the example of a battery, um, or more than a handshake, I had you guys shaking each other's hands. Uh, we are deeply, and we are intimately interconnected with Jesus as our source. So just as a branch is um, connected to its vine. In this message theme, um, in these verses of abiding, we're exploring what it means to abide in Jesus. So in English, we have two words that that have a similar relationship as um, to the Greek words used by the gospel writer John. So in English, these two words are abide and abode. Okay, abide and abode. Does anybody know what an abode is? What's an abode? Yeah, good. An abode is um, the definition uh, in the dictionary for abode means a place of residence, a house, or a home. 
So abode is a noun, abide is a verb. An abode is a place, and to abide is to do something. Um, in John 15, verse 4, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. So, John uses a similar um, phrase, similar word, in John 14, in the chapter before. You don't have to flip there, but I'm just going to read it to you. Um, he uses the similar word to describe a sort of dwelling place that Jesus is preparing for each of his followers in God's house. He says, in, Jesus said this, he said, In my Father's house are many rooms. So, in my Father's abode, there are many dwelling places. Abiding in Jesus means living and sharing life with Jesus. So, in one sense, abide means that house is created for you in Jesus. Or you could think of it like Jesus is setting up a home in your life. Um, oh yeah. So Jesus has, a, has an abode in each of our lives. As we place our trust in our faith in Christ, he sets up an abode in us. We are now the temples of the living God. The Greek word in John 14 and John 15, our main scripture, um, is meno. So this means to abide. Abiding Jesus means that we simultaneously set up an abode in Jesus, and he sets up a house or an abode in our lives. The idea of abiding in Jesus is really rich, and it's deep in its meaning. When we think about it, it goes really deep. Abiding in Jesus. Abiding in the spiritual sense is a conscious awareness of the continuous presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay, so I'm going to say that again for us. Um, abiding is, being, is consciously being aware of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we know as believers that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. But abiding means actually being aware of it, living that out. It's the matter of a heart. It's the matter of the heart and not one of the mind, though. Abiding is an exercise of the heart and the soul as we trust God, trust God the Father. This guy named Bill Johnson says that the mind follows behind and gains understanding, but it's the heart that chooses to follow and trust in God. So simply put, abiding means that we are living in Jesus and Jesus is living in us. We are abiding in Jesus and Jesus is abiding in us. So now we're going to get into our passage here. In John 15 verses 1 through 5. This is out of the ESV. You guys can look up here or you can follow along in your Bibles. Um, I always like to get it, look at it in my Bible, because then when I remember it later, I can could, I could flip back into it and be like, oh yeah, it's in this part of my Bible over here. So if that helps you guys, go for that. He says this, I am the true vine, 
and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So who's described in our passage? We have Jesus, who's the true vine. We, we as believers, are the branches. And God, the Father, is the vine dresser. So, like I said earlier, today we're going to take the root of talking about trusting the vine dresser, trusting the Father. Trusting God requires um, more than just a pretty set of words. In other words, trusting in God is more than just saying, yeah, I trust God, right? Let me ask you this. Do you really trust God? Do you trust God when things are going badly? Do you trust God when things are going good? Trusting God means that you can back it up with actions and definitive ways in which you have trusted God. Can you look back on times where push came to shove and you were forced to actually trust God? It was more than just words out of your mouth, but you actually had to sit there and sh your actions showed that you trusted God. That's what we mean. So today we're going to go phrase by phrase through verses 2 and 3. And I want to invite us to lean into um, what God is speaking to us today. So look at the beginning <clears throat> of verse 2. He says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So every branch. That means all branches. It doesn't matter the person. From the pope to the president, from the preacher to the peasant, every branch has an expectation. And what is that expectation? What does the vine dresser expect from the branches. He expects us to bear fruit, right? So he says, he expects us to bear fruit. Bearing fruit is not a matter of the will. Okay, remember that, that it's not a matter of the will. Bearing fruit is a result, it's a result of the interconnection, of the connectedness to the vine, to Jesus, right? Abiding in Jesus requires way more um, than a physical connected with Jesus. It's more than once saved, always saved. Although that's true, we are always saved. Um, at the moment we trust in Jesus, we have been saved. In each moment, uh, we are continually saved as we abide and trust in Jesus. More than a one-time physical connected, um, 
connection to the vine. Abiding in Jesus requires a continual abiding in the vine and trusting in God. Not abiding in Jesus and not trusting the vine dresser means that you are cut off from the flow of the vine. And any time that we choose our way above the way of Jesus, we are blocking the connectedness, the connection with Jesus. Um, I want us to think of this connection like a, uh, like a hose. Okay? Think of it like a hose. I have a quick video here. Look at this kid. So this is... Oh, that's what happens when we choose our way above the way of Jesus. But when we allow him to live through us, we're choosing his ways. The flow is good, right? So think of this connection like that hose, okay? As we're choosing God's way, that, can, that flow is flawless. But whenever we try to choose our ways over the ways of Christ, and we're not allowing him to live through us, that connection gets blocked. It's not gone, but it gets blocked. 23 crazy life hacks for anyone want to watch that? Yeah. <laughs> no. So think of it like a hose. When the hose is straight, the flow is open, it's unrestricted. But when we choose anything other than Jesus, we kink the hose and we restrict the flow. Over time, that restricted flow causes us to dry up from a lack of nourishment, spiritual nourishment. Um, and because of this continued restriction of flow, we cease to bear the fruit of the Spirit. God's warning is very clear to the branches that cease bearing fruit. He says not bearing fruit means that God takes you away from the vine. And we're going to talk about that more next week. But while the interconnectedness to Jesus is a deep and intertwined connection, we are able to resist. We are able to resist and block the flow. We have that choice, right? Our surrender, our surrender to God's direction is what gets us connected to the vine. It's what keeps us connected to the vine. And it's what keeps our flow from being unrestricted, surrendering. So if you guys take notes, I want you guys to write this down. Trusting the vine dresser requires surrender. Trusting the vine dresser requires surrender.
surrendering, surrendering means that we give up trying to force things. Surrender means that we lay down our defenses and we let God win. It's not a matter of the mind, but it's a matter of the heart and a posture of surrender to God that keeps us connected. The second half of verse 2 says, Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Trusting the vine dresser means that you trust God and God prune, as God prunes you. Um, have you guys ever experienced a pruning from God? Sometimes a pruning can hurt. Sometimes the pruning isn't necessarily what you want. But God prunes us in order that we might bear more fruit. There was a time um, when I experienced pruning. In my own life, I experienced pruning when God was calling me to give up something that I really loved. He said, he said give up playing baseball because I want you to go to Bible college and pursue me deeper, to pursue me um, solely. And I knew that that was my next step into um, what God was calling me to. And so God called me to give up something that I loved. It wasn't necessarily something bad, but he was pruning me in order that I might bear more fruit. Because when I went to Bible college, God did so much more to grow me in maturity and in my relationship with him. He, he did all sorts of things where he grew my patience, he grew my my love. He grew, um, just he, he made me not as bitter and angry and all these things God was pruning me in. Um, so I want you guys to write this down also if you take notes, is trusting the vine dresser requires submission. Trusting the vine dresser requires Submission. If we're going to allow God to prune us, then we have to submit. Submission means that we yield, we humble ourselves, and we get under God's direction for our lives. Submission means that we trust God's guidance and His wisdom above our own. Submission means that we follow God even when we feel different. Verse 3 said, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Jesus' words make us clean in the sense that we are purified. We are made holy and sinless before God. We are able to abide in Jesus because Jesus' purification um, of our sins. He took it upon himself, our impurities, for his purity. The words of Jesus flush out 
the sickness of sin that's present in our lives. And Jesus' words make us clean. Simply put, our sinfulness cannot abide in Jesus. So if we are to abide in Jesus, we have to be cleansed and cleared of our sins. And that means placing our faith in Jesus for what he has done, allowing him to justify us and make us clean. What are the words of Jesus? What does Jesus speak to us? Some of Jesus' words to us are this. He says, Father, forgive them. He says, peace be still. He says, come, follow me. He says, I love you and I died for you. Deeper than just words, the Gospel of John in the first chapter described Jesus as the Word. Jesus is the Word, the Logos, sent from God to the earth. This Word, this person, who is Jesus, he cleanses us. It's not merely Jesus' words, but it's Jesus. He's the one who cleanses and purifies us. So finally, I want you guys to write this down. Trusting in God, trusting in the vine dresser, requires cleansing. These cleansing words, whether the verbal word of assurance or the presence of Jesus, the Savior, keeps us healthy and it keeps us connected to Him. As we allow these words to infill us, we are purified from the inside out. So whether by keeping the connective flow to the vine open through surrender, through submitting to God uh, when He prunes us, or allowing Jesus' words to clean your soul, abiding in Jesus requires that we trust the vine dresser who is God the Father. That means trusting when it's hard to trust. When things are going on and we think that God must not care, He does. Trusting means that we surrender it all and allow Him, have faith that He wants what's best for us and that He's using the things that we go through. As those who are connected to God through Jesus for mission, we have a calling on our lives. God doesn't make this calling on our lives a suggestion. God calls us to a lifetime of being shaped, molded, and equipped by Him. Until we present a flawless reflection of Jesus, God continues to shape and prune us, which is our entire lifetime here on this earth. As you can see, we each have a role to play in this sort of trusting God. We're not merely passive recipients. Um, that word is so hard for me to say. Recipients, okay. I have to really think about it. 
We're not merely passive recipients in the abiding relationship um, with God, but we have an active role to play that requires a constant trust in God. This sort of trust, it's active. It's not passive. We have to focus on it, and we have to work at it and try to honestly, faithfully trust Him. In our scripture, Jesus speaks of an act of trust that requires us to trust the flow of God as the words of Jesus purify us. Right? We're actively to trust God as He prunes us and reshapes us into the, a clearer representation of Jesus. That's our calling on this earth, is to be reflections of Jesus. We're ambassadors of Christ. People see Christ through the way that we live our lives. And the pruning and the trusting is all to go towards that so that we can represent Christ to the absolute glory of God. In the sense, we trust God as he leads us and guides us through situations. Jesus displayed this sort of trust um, when he was led into the wilderness uh, to be tempted by Satan, right? You guys know that story. Jesus embodied this kind of trust when he surrendered his body to be crucified on the cross. It's this kind of trust that God wanted Jonah to demonstrate as he was instructed to go preach to his enemies in Nineveh. This kind of active trust is displayed by John Newton as he stood up for what was right when it came to slavery. This kind of trust is what leads us to fight for justice and for peace. It's what leads us to speak up for those who don't have a voice, for the widows, the orphans, in the strangers. Trusting the vine dresser requires active trust. So how well does your life display this active trust? What if the very situation you're in right now is God's attempt to teach you something? What if the thing that you're facing right now it's is God's way of pruning you? in shaping you into the image of Christ. Are you willing to trust God in this way? Abiding in Jesus means that we are subject to the care and the control of the vine dresser. As good as, um, as, good as a vine is pruned and shaped, we submit to God and trust the wisdom of God through it all. So trusting the vine dresser means that we receive the goodness and the nourishment of our, con- of our connection with Jesus. So as we close, I want to ask us a few questions. Don't answer it out loud, but answer it to yourself in your hearts. Ask yourselves these questions. So where is God leading you? How is God shaping you? Where is God pruning you? Where have you blocked the flow of God's goodness through your connection with Jesus? Like like the hose, 
Have you been blocking that flow? What's blocking that flow? Are you surrendered to God's will above your own? Will you trust the vine dresser today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this passage. I thank you for the example of Christ who lived a perfect life of of trust and faith in you, Father. God, I pray that as we go through our week, that we would trust you, that we would see that you're using things in our lives to shape us and to mold us into the likeness and image of Christ. God, I pray that we would trust you when it's easy, that we would trust you when it's hard, that we would be led by your Spirit. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. Amen.